You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. It's Mother's Day, Gadgeteers. Um, so we are back. And we're going to do a mashup episode between Ratchet Reloaded and Ratchet Ramless because we love y'all. And me and Adrian want to. It's our day. We could do what the fuck we want to do. That's just what it is. Happy Mother's Day, Adrian. Thank Um, you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm always encouraged that there's light at the end of the tunnel when my friends have adult kids and they be like, okay, it get better the older they get. Who gave you that light? It wasn't me, was it? (laughs) No, it's like it's like the it's okay. like the not that it not that you have to stop parenting because you don't, but like at least you get to sleep in sometimes. Yeah. Th- yes, these you kids, do. These kids been up since 545 this morning. What fucking job do they have that I don't know about? Agents of chaos. To be getting up that goddamn early and London coming in here rubbing her stomach, talking about mm, pancakes. <laughs> the sun not up, Miss <laughs> Mamas. <laughs> The sun is not up here. What do you mean? Mm, pancakes. Mm, go lay back down. Mama do said, mm, food. She was telling her to get up. She was telling. She was telling. She was telling no, she was telling Mike to get up because Mike, the best pancake maker, you know, around town. He's, when it comes to a pancake with a crispy edge, he going to have it. He gonna, And don't let him fuck around. Put some blueberries in there. Come on, Mike's edge. Come on. <laughs> so... I love motherhood and we hear a lot, especially being on social media about how people are so miserable being parents and they act like they have all these regrets. And I think for me is because I became a mother when I was ready on my own time and I wasn't pressured and I didn't let nobody make me feel like, oh, if I didn't hurry up and have kids, my good days was going to be behind me and all that bullshit. I had London when I was 32. And I haven't regretted a moment of being a mother. And yes, the shit is exhausting. But anytime you have to, you take a step and dedicate your life to something other than yourself, it's going to be tiresome at times. That includes work. That includes relationships, your kids, anything else that you dedicate yourself to, you're going to be tired sometimes because it's hard work. And even dedicating shit to yourself sometimes is hard. Dedicating time to being better and doing better for yourself is hard. So I love being a mom. And then I love seeing moms like like Adrian. We've talked about it. I don't know if you want to share, but you being a young mom. But y'all, Adrian is a whole ass attorney and did that being a mom. That's a different level of resilience. Because a lot of people treat motherhood like once you have kids, that's it for your dreams and what you want to do in life. You can't do shit else but be a mother. That's what defines you. So I enjoy seeing my friends and their accomplishments as, as moms too. Cause shit, if a mom could do it, which what, what's your excuse? I'm about to start using shit like rise and grind. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> so happy Mother's Day, Adrian. I don't know if you know, but I have a ton of admiration for you. One, because you are just extremely smart. But also in that you are extremely kind and thoughtful and you enjoy fucking mess and chaos on these shows. <laughs> that is a fucking, that's like, do it get any better than that? 
It don't. It really don't. So happy Mother's Day. It's your first Mother's Day here with us on the network. And we're so glad to have you. And I get messages all the time about what a great addition you have been to our shows and things like that. So if you didn't know, now you know that our our listeners look forward to hearing you weekly just as much as they hear me and Jeremy. Hopefully, so y'all, we have bribed her into staying. Ain't no quitness. Can't no breakup. Ain't no breakup. No, we like yeah. Martell. We following you everywhere you go. Please right. don't, because I shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so Martell will never be able to do that to me. I Maxine. <laughs> Maxine Paul Paul shooting that law. <laughs> what are you talking about? Maxine Shaw, bullets at law. Come on now. Bow. I'll um, be that silly nigga. I keep that thing on me. What if what if my um what did my famous crush say? Twenty one Savage, he'll put seventy rounds in your mama's house. Um, and Jeremy is here, y'all. Don't forget about Jeremy. He's not nobody's mama, but he definitely takes the time to sun a lot of niggas on Twitter. <laughs> like he fair, makes fair. moments out of niggas on Twitter who think they know more than they actually know. So when Father's Day comes, we will be celebrating Jeremy because he has dragged a lot of you niggas for filth. And some of you women too. Mm-hmm. So okay, let's let's we're we're gonna cover the main points of Ratchet Rams that you're not gonna get a full episode, but it's a few things we need to discuss. First things first, um, put young jock in jail and throw away the key. Why are you on Beyonce's internet crying to TikTok music? Mm. And your nose is so fucking big, your tears never made it to the bottom of your face. You sniffed them up. And that is the worst part of that video is watching a grown man sniff, snot and sniffle his fucking tears like a child. Talking what about gun reason? violence. Talking about gun violence. Our, our young men is dying before they can even get in the streets. Well, if you want to talk about what's, what's plaguing our community, we could discuss how many single parent homes you have left in your trail of despair. Mm. We could talk about the fact that we saw on Love and Hip Hop how you're not a president accounted for father and your son was in them same fucking streets. Mm-hmm. So before we get to talking about gun violence, which again, that takes place when y'all think it just takes a vote and you're not really doing the grassroots work here. Mm. You're talking a good one, but you're not walking the walk because you're not pushing for legislation for gun control. To add to that, to add to that, you're not joining any organizations that are doing work outside of the political process to get to get guns off the street or communal communal um policing. Or none that we're aware of. Also that. So it's just like before you do all that grandstanding, and honestly, it's giving stunt queen. Mm. Right? <laughs> it's giving it's giving stunt queen. Category maybe you have is. maybe you have Mr. Calling. <laughs> Because it was given very much cunt. Like, it, it, nothing was authentic or genuine about it. You were trying to have a moment. True. This was about a moment. Because you're not you're not a great parent. You're not. You have a ton of fucking kids. And I'm, I'm, of, the, I'm of the belief that it ain't even just about being in a household. After having so many children, you can't possibly show up for all of them the way you need to, whether y'all live in the same household or not. But it's even harder when you're not in the same household. So you could have kept that to yourself. And on VH1 Couples Retreat, you and Kendra can go to hell, but mostly you. 
because you feeling like you made it, you came and told her what was going on. Even still, my thing is, why don't you think of the ramifications of your actions before you commit them? You should have never had to come to Kendra and tell her shit about no baby because you shouldn't have been fucking nobody else. So talking about, well, I told her and this, that, and the third, what what do that mean? I hate when people do that. Well, I could have lied to you. You could have not fucked somebody else and got them pregnant if we talking about what we could have, should have, and would have did. True. True. True shit. And if that's the type of game you was going to play, you could have used a condom. Or you have double digits amounts of kids. You can get a vasectomy. But I'm going to clock in as the agent of chaos. Go ahead. I, I, need Kendra to, I need Kendra to be real about the circumstances of this baby. Because how... I can get you feeling away, but if y'all was on a break and Ken was doing Ken and he was doing him and he got, I mean, he got somebody pregnant. Like, so for me, is that like y'all are on a break, you were doing you. And I assume when you say doing you, you were dating, you were having sex with other people. Jock was doing this. Yeah. Jock was doing the same thing. And his break, his part of the break resulted in a baby. So A, I need her to be real with the circumstances. Because that wasn't no break baby. Yeah. Because if you're not being real, because if you're, if it happened, how you and Jock are saying it, oh, this is going to hurt. Why man. are we still here? I'm on Jock's side. You doing, you doing a lot. Like I get it's still going to come up every now and then, but you have to put on your big girl draws and be able to identify, hey, you know you our history. Him. Yes, you married him. So I don't want to hear. N- I think that's to been me, my- once you married him, it, it, everything else it was should have been a clean slate. It should have been yes. a clean slate. It, unless you found out he's been doing something since y'all been married. To me, walking down that aisle, standing in front of your friends, family, loved ones, and whoever else, standing in front of this pastor, taking these vows before God, you were saying, we are starting anew. This is our forever. But you can't heal from it because you can't stop lying about the circumstances because you keep trying to save face because you are committed to being seen a certain way when it comes to social media. And I hate to break it to you. And this is going to hurt when you hear this. But even us regular ass motherfuckers who be on Twitter day in or day out are not exempt from people creating their own narratives about us on social media once we get a certain amount of visibility. People will make shit up and run with it. They do not care. At this point, nobody cares about the truth between you and Jock. Nope. They have decided that you are a fool for staying with this man and you either are going to have to own that and ignore it or leave that man alone. But it is not his job to comfort you about what social media says. Hey, off social media. If that's such a big trigger for you, and that's what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like, it sounds like she cares more that other people know and are commenting on the situation than maybe the actual situation. And I think it's fresh. It's still fresh for her. I don't care when it happened. It's still fresh for her. She doesn't have time to deal with it because either they're taping. So it's back on social media and people calling her all type of stupid, everybody disputing the timeline, all of that. Like, if you know that's a trigger for you, withdraw from the show. Get Damn. you get y'all th- get y'all therapy that y'all need before y'all come back into the public eye. But you not healing this wound and then coming back out into the public because I can tell you every time you and Jock pop up, people gonna talk about him cheating on you, making you look like a damn fool. Yeah, and it just, just is what it is. Same. 
It's not going to change. So you got to adjust what you're doing at this point because you can't adjust what the public does. I don't understand. My, and I've been saying this since they got, since, you know, those past couple of seasons with them. Like, not not being funny, but like, how you willingly got with Jock, knowing his history before you got with him and got this much of thin skin. Like, you are with Jock. We've seen this nigga. Like, you know about this nigga. You know what type of nigga he is. You knew that when you got with him. So how you got this thin of skin willingly marrying young Jock? Period. Like, you worried about the, your, the public perception, baby. I got news for you. You married young Jock. True. Whatever perception you think you had, that that went away the moment you decided to get with this nigga and marry him. Exactly. Jock ain't been on a season love and hip hop where he haven't been cheating. So I don't know what you expect. <laughs> Hello? Hello? The nigga willingly Hello. got an Anita Baker haircut and you willingly married him. I, you got to take and that And gave him some pussy while he, while he had that conk sitting up on top of his head. Now, do you think they trying to set it up for a pregnancy scare with Kendra? Possibly. I wouldn't put it past him. I, yeah, I don't put it past Because it was just a few too many scenes of like her not feeling good, stuff like that. So, you know, my producer sense went up. Listen, <laughs> if I've learned anything in these years of watching this show, it's never putting nothing past Mona Scott Young. Absolutely. Absolutely. Reality TV is just, I don't think reality TV is really going to be the same. It, I will I wonder what it's going to take to like shake it back up because people, I think we know too much of the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. So, some, we of them, know, some, so oh, some of the mystery has kind yeah, of left. Yeah. Bit. It's like, oh, we know this is a setup for this. We now know that people, when they bringing them on the show, they're not really friends. They just might be somebody, the easiest person for them to introduce this person to the group or to the show. And I think with everything being produced, overly produced and us knowing the behind the scenes stuff i don't none of it's it's not really exciting for for me anymore like not how it used to be. yeah i agree um vh1 couples retreat is still very early in the season and nothing too too big has happened yet we're still trying to kind of getting like the stories and the pieces and what are exactly the problems with these couples besides the obvious with like fat boy and tiana and their their infidelity but my i guess my thing to that is how you get them is how you lose them yeah yeah and so i don't have the most sympathy for her i do think he is a very shitty individual for cheating on her while she's pregnant true especially because not even like you could have brought stds home yeah and you you subsequently could have killed her and your baby babies yeah, like it was it was definitely like a hazard risk to everybody involved, which shows Absolutely. A, a, and a tremendous amount of selfishness. And it just looked like in the previews, they really going to get to testing like Apollo and Fatboy. Like these women could certainly do better than y'all. I'm not trying to be funny, but Apollo got out of jail and didn't have shit to show for taking that charge for Phaedra. <laughs> right. Literally, like won, they're like I don't give a fuck if she was the mother of my child. We both could have went to jail if I was if I was gonna have to get out of jail broke. We both would have went to jail. They could have rotated their sentences like they did for uh Nick and Teresa Judice on um Real House Housewives in New Jersey. True. Yep. Yeah. We would we would have both went to jail, but me coming out of jail broke and I'm taking a I'm taking an L on your behalf. Oh no, Miss Mamas. Then you get out and you and you get out and now you didn't marry the woman who neck is big as yours. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. no. Apollo rings, I tell you what. Mm-mm. She got a what she got a big neck. 
just all neck, no shoulders. Um, so I mean, and also I I don't know what uh Ronnie DeVoe and Shamari is doing, but they were like the most absolute worst couple to make the the marriage ambassadors because they both have so much work to do that they can't be a source of advice or anything for the other couples. They they truly fucked up too. And they've been married a million fucking years. And I think they've been moving them damn shoulders for 69 moves. They've been moving them shoulders, but ain't been moving towards that lady couch. Hello? There, there you go. Um, <laughs> this is, no, I'm saying this is why, this is the this is the side that these old niggas that want to prey on these young girls need to see. Because mm-hmm. he got with her after when you she was been, young. Mm. And you had been in New Edition. Mm. You had traveled the world getting pussy. Fuck. Exactly, did everything. Now you want to settle down with her, and she's like mm-hmm. in her early twenties, and she didn't get to experience her. You thing. sat her down because think- as soon as you got with her, y'all start having fucking kids. Talk to now, her. now she wanted she want to be in the she want to pass to get in them streets. Exactly. How she old wanted- are their kids? I'm not sure because I thought I thought they were young. I not I don't think over ten. I'm pretty sure under ten. I thought they were pretty young. Well, she's not. How old is Ronnie? She's forty three. He fifty five. So it's yeah. a twelve year age difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they've been together what twenty one years it was. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they had kids relatively late. Actually, that's they what, have twin boys. They're only six. That's what I thought. It was more. Oh my god, what was she doing? Tra- traveling and doing what you're supposed to do with an old nigga, but just not be married to him. Let him wine and dine you. Travel, oh have experiences. God, I feel like this changes a lot for how I see their relationship because I thought that they had older children. He no, probably they... has older children. No, with somebody else. Those... Well, not that we know of or that he oh. claims. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it like that. You were traveling. No, Brian I McKnight. That piece of shit ass. Ni- okay, because I was yeah. never. Because the last time we talked about Brian McKnight, I was just like, "You're a bad person." But I I didn't necessarily like I won't listen to anything from you. But I took his shit off my playlist now for sure. Yeah. Like, the motherfucker, motherfucker like, had the audacity to put out a video, literally, which didn't. I saw that video and it was worse. Yeah. <laughs> right, he you could have just been up. quiet and let us speculate. Like, oh well, maybe it is on them that the relationship and my true legacy, and to save my true legacy, and that legacy is gonna be the one to give Brian and like the fucking flux. Just because you put you are putting that bad and, energy and I wanna, around your I want to say this to talk about a legacy and talk about building a career over thirty years that you work hard to build and they're mad that they can't use you to get ahead without doing the hard work. That is quite literally the reason for becoming rich and wealthy. Is so that you so that people around you, specifically your children and shit like that, they shouldn't have to jump through no hurdles. You exactly. built the bridge. They should be able to cross it, and especially for especially think? for black kids. Let's let's have a let's be honest real quick. We're gonna get back on topic. Donald Trump, fat, funky, orange ass, got in office and put everybody close to him in a position of power, in a position to make money and create their own wealth on top of what they already had. He gave his kids jobs that they was not, uh, you know certified for and able to feel and shit like didn't have the credentials to really do them. He gave his friends jobs that they didn't have the qualifications to be in the positions. His fucking wife, the, the, the White House fucking dog, like 
he got in the office and it became a nepotism showdown. So I have a huge problem with black people who get wealthy talking about, well, I had to get it out the mud and I, I think my kids or my this or that should work as hard as I had to. Why? Me and Adrian just talking about this in the pregame. People who hoard wealth are fucking morally bankrupt and there is no way around it. There's nothing, nothing you, there's no way around that. If I have a 30 year career and I didn't sold millions of albums and I didn't been platinum and I'm going on tours and this, that, and the third, my kids ain't going to have to want for shit. To add to and, that. Oh, oh go, go ahead, ahead Jeremy. No, go ahead, Jeremy, because I got a lot. So go ahead. Uh, to add to that, I think what, yeah, I agree with what you said, Candace. I think the, the thing that's done stood out for me with the scandal with him is just like the anti-blackness that just jumped out. At him. He haven't like, had no problem giving that white cave woman bitch and her cave woman daughter all kinds of luxurious gifts. But but like when it, your black kids, you like what kids? It's like it's real disgusting. Like that that for me, on top of him being a piece of shit, like that's been the biggest like disgusting shit for me with him. It's just like how you be this anti-black, you know? But go ahead. Eh? I want him to fail at everything. And it's not too many people that I have that type of energy for because I can tell the type of father you were to those kids growing up by how you present yourself now because you can correct your children and that's fine. You can have boundaries and standards for how you're going to help your children. But all this antagonizing and doing for these new kids, what you weren't doing for your aren't or aren't doing for your older children, that's just horrible. And it's like, it's stupid. And gleefully at that, too. You like, and that's you know. the thing. Because a smart person, and I don't know who his PR firm is, but... They need to be fired. They, they need help. He might have Jonathan Major's PR firm. <laughs> but because he definitely... You could have came out and played this like a whole lot better. You could have, hey, when I had my first family... You know, I kind of did that because that's what society expected from me. And so I wasn't a good father. I wasn't a good husband. I stepped out on my wife. I produced another baby that I also did not have a good relationship. You know, at this time, we are not able, I'm not able to mend my relationship with my children. And so for me, this family that I've chosen at this time, it feels like my time to do this again and maybe correct some of the mistakes that I made in the past. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. But this, oh, I took them out of my will and they just want to use my name and this and I might try not trying to be funny, but when the last time he had a hit for somebody to want to use his name? Because he literally became the laughing stock of R and B with that let me show you how your pussy works shit. Then he's selling chicken nuggets for chilies now. what name, if we could be honest. At and that's point. the thing, you don't have it. And for me, I hope you, I hope when you did this, I hope you have alienated your black woman, a significant portion of your black woman fan base. So you can't make no, and I can tell you when them checks start to dry up, your wife don't look like the type, the, the, uh, struggle bus type. Mm -mm. Maybe she is. I don't know that lady, but she don't look like it. So I, I hope that's what you did, quite frankly. I hope you don't get streamed. I hope ain't nobody coming out to no legacy shows that you're doing. None of that. And then just shut up. Celebrities, just shut up. Just let us think you're good people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's let's 
talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta and Love and Marriage Huntsville real quick because y'all are going to be furious when I tell y'all this. Okay, so Real Housewives of Atlanta had its season 15 premiere and, you know, we open with, um, you know, a lot of shade being thrown between um, Kenya and Candy regarding Sheree and Sheree and Martell regarding Candy and Todd. And first things first, a, tra- a broken clock is right twice a day. We can be honest about that. And I don't disagree about with Martell about Candy and Todd being knee deep in about talking about he's an opportunist. What does Sheree have between a defunct fashion line that she stole 98% of the looks from Shein in fast fashion? This show. I'm like, I'm, and if we're being honest, if we do the, if we check the numbers, Love and Marriage Huntsville is probably doing some of the same numbers that Real Housewives of Atlanta is doing. Love and Marriage Huntsville is the flagship show for OWN in terms of reality. It just is. Can't take that away. Sheree yeah. and Martell don't have enough for one to be the, the opportunist and one to have all the opportunities. They need each other. Why do you think they are double dipping between two different shows? They are both actively chasing a check down. That's my first thing. And Candy, I need you to have a little bit of self-awareness when it comes to it because Todd runs through a lot of your money on bullshit businesses that you're not interested in. And we have had this conversation, especially all these fucking restaurants where people was getting shot up and shit in them. Don't talk about nobody being an opportunist. Because how many restaurants has this little motherfucker Todd opened with Candy's money? Yeah. You would think with all of the, you know, Todd is a scammer slash opportunist jokes that people throw at him. And especially given like how my man, my man, my man Candy is, you would think she might not want to open that Pandora's box. Yeah. Um, it also was revealed by Kenya. Kenya said that Martel had slid in her DMs prior to him getting with Sheree. And let me say this. A lot of y'all women are, I'm a girl's girl until it's a woman you don't like. And then all of those politics go out the window because we see in real time what a piece of shit Martel has been to his ex-wife, their children, Mel's family, his baby mama, and his outside baby. We've seen what type of nigga he is. I wholeheartedly believe he slid in Kenya's DMs. I absolutely believe he was he was going to get at whoever took the bait first. Because yep. like you said, he chasing a check. So whoever gonna get him that check is who he gonna roll with, and it happened to be the Sheree one that took the bait. Was, yeah, I was saying Sheree the only one that took the bait, but hell. So here's where it get nasty, cause um I forgot where I got caught this tea from, but it was revealed to me. Remember he showed up at Milani's or Melania's birthday party or Mariah, whichever kid it was, making that fucking scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, he had no intentions on staying at that fucking party just trying to get some camera time and cause a scene because as soon as he left, he drove down to Atlanta to film. <laughs> you know, just the, the, the levels of desperate are, are, are staggering, honestly. But this 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 is what happened when you fuck up your own bag being a piece of shit. Because remember when Mel was like, you can come back later. You could come get her, get the kids after the party. I'm not trying to keep them from you. You could come back and get them. 
he didn't come back because he drove, he was driving down to Atlanta to film. So him showing up to his daughter's birthday party empty handed to me, I absolutely believe that timeline because it all clicks. Because if you showing up to be at your daughter's birthday party, you come in with gifts. You're going to, you're going to try to talk, you know, logically to Mel and see if you can stay at the very least, you're going to give your daughter her gifts. He had no intention on staying at that birthday party. He wanted to, like Adrian said last week, show up, continue to be an agent of chaos and males in those kids' lives, and then paint himself as a victim and run off and be an agent of chaos in somebody else's life. And that's what he did. He left that party, got on the road, and took his ass to Atlanta to film. Just full of shit. Truly full of shit. And speaking of full of shit, add, add Maurice to it as well. Use a bitch. You're a bitch. And Kimmy, let me, you even more of a bitch because you have a wife that is still on the mend from breast cancer. And you can't even be bothered as a man, a husband, a father figure, a disciplinarian to step up and make sure that your son is doing what the fuck he's supposed to be doing in that house to lessen the load on Kimmy, whose body realistically will not fully have a recovery from dealing with breast cancer, chemotherapy, and all this other shit, it's going to take years for Kimmy to get back to feeling like herself. The fact that she looks as amazing as she does while they're filming, that says a whole fucking lot about her resilience. So why is she having to come to you and ask you to make your son follow the rules put in place in that household? And then you're going to call up your baby mama like, well, Kimmy said she don't want a disciplined monster because... She don't know if you trust her or how you feel about it. That's not what Kimmy said. Kimmy said, you as the father figure, you as the man of this house, when I ask you to help me reinforce these rules, do it. I don't like these bitch-ass bald-headed niggas. No, I'm not like none of them. Because I can remember when they first talked about Monster moving down there, she said she had apprehensions because she said, I raised Jalen and I'm done. And I know when he comes here, you don't follow through on things. So it's going to fall on me. Oh no, I got it. It'll, it that, that won't be no problem. And now mm. here we are now with this. And pitting them up against each other when you know Kyla don't like Kimmy like that. She is half a second off that woman ass. And the fact that Kimmy does take into consideration how Kyla would feel about things concerning Monster says a lot about her respect level for Kyla. Yeah, and so and I do why y'all didn't have this conversation as a as a family. You her and her husband, you and Maurice, so y'all would know what these parameters for discipline look like. With kids, that changes that can change fairly quickly though. But like, if it changes fairly quickly, y'all should be checking in every time it's starting to change. Well, she's but, also dealing with cancer. So I'm gonna be honest, Kaiwa and this is probably not the first thing at the top of her bucket list. Which is why yeah. she asked Maurice to step in and be a father. And that's why I feel like Kaiwa's input is not needed if the father is doing the father's job. Kimmy shouldn't even have to be tasked with that kind of shit because Maurice should be doing it. And the fact that he's not, I feel like there should be a conversation about do monster need to be, be there? Because every time we turn around, it's a conversation between Kimmy and Maurice about his lack of presence in the household. And that's what's bothering me. This not the first or second conversation she's mm -hmm. had to have with him about his lack of presence in the household. And mm, say it. I just feel like he acting like he way too busy for somebody who 
the rumor mill has it, he is not that great of an attorney. Eek. You busy losing cases a la Phaedra. What kind of law does he practice? I don't even remember. Because I thought he had the little credit thing. So maybe he does bankruptcy? Maybe. And Martell was talking to him about bankruptcy. So maybe. Okay. You is not getting motherfuckers chapter bankruptcy. How are you a terrible bankruptcy attorney? I don't know. I'm sure it's possible. Let me shut up. Motherfuckers think they going for chapter seven and get hit with chapter nine. And got to pay the shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> got to get it back in blood, homie. Got to get it back in blood. Um, You know, so that's what I had there. And then I want to talk about yeah, this team. Go ahead, Jeremy. Maurice has skated, not necessarily with us, but in general, of uh, being the quote-unquote better between him and Marceau. But they about the same. They both got the emotional intelligence of a doorknob. Absolutely. Which, before we go, I want to talk about this little high tea shit. And what I want to say about it, one, I, on this show, we are not bringing up Kiki and the drug shit and the Tisha shit no, no more. Thank I feel you. like they are running it through the mud and everybody is trying to use it to have a storyline, especially, especially, especially Tiffany. So until Tiffany's storyline actually come about, she won't be discussed on this show. She will not be. Now, what I do want to say is I, again, I said it before, I've seen firsthand how Stormy's mama has dragged Mel up and down through these groups and so on and so forth. But I agree with that light dragging that she put on Mel's ass on last night's episode. And what she said was, when people start creating rumors, narratives, speculation, and things like that about Stormy and Mel's relationship, and basically asserting that Mel don't fuck with Stormy and this, that, and the third, or Stormy did something to Mel or whatever... And you have said this before too, Adrian. It's, I think at the beginning of the season, Mel is passive aggressive and, mm-hmm. and she won't address the shit head on until and then lets it spiral. And then she do that weird shit was, I never said I had a problem with nobody, child. Mm. That I can't control what people be saying, child. That ain't insta and Stormy's mama basically said, You should have came out and said, That's not true. Stormy is still a great friend of mine. And y'all are not going to create these narratives to make it seem like we're at odds when we are not at odds about anything. And I, and sometimes no matter what you say, social media still run from shit. They run with shit, but at least you would be on record clearing that rumor up. And that's what Stormy's mom said. That's why she had a problem with Mel at that high T is the fact that Mel is very passive aggressive and she don't face shit head on. And then she want to play a, a Southern Belle in distress when somebody bring it to her front door. Yep. And I don't and she, I don't disagree. She's been like that for I wanna say post like divorce. She's been like that for a while. Well, and if we like take that, it, if we take it's always been like that. Always if we were to be completely honest about it, and it's gonna burn my chest to say this, Mel mm-hmm. and Tisha's falling out was Mel's doing. Thank you. People have arrived yeah. to my section of the show. Mel, Mel <laughs> falling out with the Scots was Mel's doing because they rolled the footage all the time back to Mel accusing Marceau of being the reason that Martel was cheating on her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, before he was hanging with y'all, wasn't no cheating problem. And yeah. there oh, absolutely was cheating problems because it came out last season to which 
I'm sorry, Mel. We love you dearly, but we clocked you and caught you in a lie when you were sitting with Kimmy talking about the uh, lady that you said used to be our wedding planner, but the other male, you said she came to you before y'all got married and was like, Martell is cheating on you. So there was absolutely some cheating going on before the Scots came into the picture. True. So the points were made. So I absolutely do not think that Stormy's mom was being disrespectful. I think she called a thing a thing and clocked Mel for being for being passive aggressive and for being a coward and not clearing up things that could easily be cleared up. And we said that same shit last uh last season when um with the whole I heard Destiny talking about me, but we never knew what Destiny said. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that was my takeaway from Love and Marriage Huntsville last night is that Stormy's mama was not wrong. Do Stormy mama dislike Mel as a whole? I, yeah, I think she do. But was she wrong in this situ- situation? Absolutely not. Because the streets, especially in my Love and Marriage Huntsville No Chaser group, they have been talking for months now about how Stormy don't like Mel and Stormy shady towards Mel. And that's why Mel ain't cool with her no more and this, that, and the third. Only for Mel to get in front of the cameras while they rolling and say, oh, no, I don't have a problem with Stormy. I just changed my number and I and I unplugged from the cast after we filmed so I could get my head back right and blah, blah, blah. You could have just said that. You have allowed people, and she's in the Love and Marriage Huntsville No Chaser group. She could have cleared up a lot if she wanted to. So that's all I'm saying. That's it. You're right. Well, it's I, I always said she it's only because Martell acts more of an ass than her but you see you see little you see little shit with Mel yeah definitely like Martell is definitely the biggest villain between her and him and their co-parenting and their relationship but when it comes to the cast members Mel absolutely is an issue in that friend group and the way that she moves and does things she absolutely has a hand in the in the organized chaos we could call it out speaking of calling somebody out um the we had just said god damn this a long season of basketball wives but little did we know we had watched the season finale <laughs> and praise god this past monday the basketball wives reunion aired and it's a f- couple things on to talk about um so first things first um I do not like Jennifer Williams, but she did not lie when she clocked the other girls and basically said, I'm one of the OGs of basketball wives and y'all be coming at me like I haven't been around here for a long time, good, bad, or indifferent. And she's absolutely right. And I think the ladies of basketball wives LA have forgotten that they were a spinoff from Miami. And that came to be because Shawnee decided she was going to move to move back to LA. And that's how LA, that's how we got the LA we got. But basketball wise, Miami is the OG. When it was Jennifer, when it was Evelyn, when it was Susie, when it was Royce, when it was um Shawnee and um a couple other girls. She is an OG. She stank. <laughs> <laughs> but she is one of the OGs. Yeah, she does have some unfortunate. And then they brought up Malaysia and if they think she left because, you know, she was being a coward and saying how she didn't have um, Angel say how she understood why Malaysia left. She didn't feel like she had a safe space and blah, blah, blah. And I do agree that as a whole, 
Malaysia doesn't want people to see the the not so good parts of her life. When Malaysia was still happily married to Gennaro Pargo and they were living high off the hog, Malaysia was always present and accounted for for basketball wives. When her marriage started to take a nosedive, she stopped filming. And stopped being around as much. And stopped being around as much and things like that. Like one of the things is when you sign up for these reality shows, you got to be honest. Uh, there needs to be some form of transparency. You you can't try to hide all the bad stuff and only show people the good stuff. However, they were really nasty to her. Yeah. And they never intended to create a safe space for her to acclimate back into that friend group and get reacquainted with her. The only people who really extended her that courtesy were Angel and Duffy. The rest of the girls were hell bent on trying to break Malaysia down and stomp on her and, and make her feel like the outcast of the group. And I absolutely would not continue working around a group of women hell bent on trying to make me the outcast. It just is what it is. Um, yeah. For me, it was them like treating her like that, but then also being fake shocked that she didn't want to be around y'all. It's like, yeah. have y'all have y'all watched y'all? Yeah. Of course, Jackie and Jen had some words, but the best part about that was, I'm not going to lie, Jen gagged me. Because Jen used her resources to pull Jackie history, Jackie Christie's return history at Neiman Marcus. And Miss, I, I'm in a different tax bracket than you. I got all this money. Has a 70% return rate at Neiman's market, at Neiman Marcus. She returns 70% of the luxury shit she buys from there. Somewhere, after she has worn it. Somewhere Brooke is screaming right now. She... <laughs> Like, listen, do you realize how much shit you return to have a 70% return rate at a luxury store? And I don't know if, like, okay, I'm just, I just do my little homework. Luxury stores will ban you from shopping with them if you return to return shit too much. Yeah, they do. Like, luxury brands will ban you from shopping with them. And they will do their due diligence to make sure you're not sending your assistant or somebody to shop for them. When you are banned from shopping at a luxury store, you are banned. Like you can be banned from shopping with Louie. They can flag you for returning too much shit or this, that, or the third. Like being rich is a silly fucking game. But to always and all this brag for appearances, too, for appearances. But to constantly brag about your tax bracket and how much money you make and you return 70% of the shit that you buy from Neiman Marcus. You are a fucking clown, and Jen absolutely won the war with that one. She gagged the fuck out of you to the point where she had receipts and shit. And Jackie talking about she is unhinged. Now she unhinged. It was just yeah. bitch this, bitch that, hold this, hold that. I beat your motherfucking ass this, that, and third. Now she's <laughs> she unhinged. No bitch, you not you don't got it like you say you got it. And I'm sorry, but Jackie Christie of all people calling somebody on hands. <laughs> Call is coming from inside the house, especially when Brooke Bailey, who ended up divorcing her husband. Good for you, Brooke. Brooke stopped and gagged everybody when she said that Jackie Christie had not reached out to her, had sent a flower, a piece of chicken, a piece of pound cake or nothing when she, when her daughter passed away. She said even Malaysia reached out to her and sent flowers and Malaysia and Brooke do not get along. And you know what make it so nasty? Jackie asked the person helping put together the funeral for Brooke's daughter 
to include her and to for seating so that she could attend the funeral and Jackie did not show up to the funeral. Mm. You're not a friend. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I, I, well, we've been saying that though, right? Like Jackie is only a quote unquote friend to you when she can use you for a storyline. Any other time it's crickets. She's not present in the counter for anybody. And and she got even nastier because she told Brooke, well, um, if if you don't want to be here on this platform with me, maybe you should leave the show. And if I had lost my child, I wouldn't even be up here filming. I wouldn't be here at all. I would be away dealing with the loss of my child. Uh, ma'am, Jackie, Jackie, ma'am. The fuck on, not Jackie Christie that left one of her kids and grandchild for dead. Not <laughs> I know you fucking lying. I had to clock back in on this. Like, damn, <laughs> the audacity. She was so so nasty to Brooke when Brooke held her accountable, and that is par the course for Jackie Christie. And I hope, I hope that the other ladies really saw her true character talking about, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. There's nothing you can say or do that will comfort somebody who lost a child. But if it means showing up, you hungry? Can I bring you something to eat? You need some snacks? Can I just come over and spend a little bit of time with you? Do you, do you? do you need the dishes washed? Can I come? I'll help you do the laundry. What you got going? I want to come over and help you do it. Oh, you working in the garden? I, I could pick some flowers. It don't fucking matter. Just some be a kind fucking of care friend. Acknowledgement and, and, and responsibility. Something. Jackie some talking kind of... about I talked to your assistant. Bitch, what? Jackie Christie is not a good mom. And so of course she doesn't really understand this, but that bitch mm. is a fucking nightmare and a loser. And this this doubled or tripled my disdain for Jackie Christie. Because the nastiness, the amount of ego, instead of sitting in the fact that you dropped the ball on being a friend to do, because when it came, when it was about her marriage, you was knee deep in her fucking business. True. You was present and accounted for with all kind of advice nobody fucking asked you for. But you couldn't just go hug this woman, hold her hand, bring her some chicken, see if they need anything for the repast, nothing. And then ask for seating at the daughter's funeral just to not show up. What an awful piece of shit you are, Jackie Christie. And may your neck rings double. Um. Okay, now, if you want to stop here and you done and you got your feel for our bullshit, cool, go ahead. But if you want to be here for this uh, Mother's Day mashup where we about to get knee deep into the into Ratchet Reloaded content, which includes Summer House Martha Vineyard because... What in the blavity black bullshit is this? The blavity is is very accurate. Very, very so, accurate. <laughs> we gonna be back after the jump and don't go nowhere. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. We back, baby. We back. And as usual, matter of fact, you put that on your resume, Adrian. Good reality show picker. I'm going to put it on LinkedIn and you can endorse me. Because we have added 
Bravo's Summer House Martha Vineyard to our um Patreon lineup. And I watched the premiere episode and I don't know what expectations I had because I'll be honest, I don't watch a lot of shows outside of the housewife shows on Bravo. Um, so this was me venturing out. Messy, fucking messy, mm-hmm. fucking messy. Um, they th- this is I feel like a blavity black is the best way to describe it. And I'm like, so when Jasmine said, um, what did she say? We want to, we want to continue evolution and expansion, whatever that might be. Black excellence can be that expansion. And what the fuck do that mean? What do that mean? But okay. We have Jasmine and Silas Cooper. They are hosting this two week, this 15 day Martha Vineyards, Martha Vineyard thing. They are newly, they're newlyweds mm-hmm. and they have invited their friends and their friends have invited some people. So we have Preston, who is Silas, uh frat brother. We have um, Bria, who used to work with Jasmine, but they aren't that close. We have Jordan and Shanice, who also used to work with Jasmine. They worked at some type of Playboy club and they are really, really close. And Jordan was the fourth black playmate of the year. And last, but I didn't. And the last one. So they don't do playmates anymore? I don't think so. I, okay. Because I didn't well, get it. I don't let follow. Me, let me. I feel I mean, like Playboy is just digital now, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Because okay. Cardi B is like a brand ambassador for Playboy. Mm. Hold on. Let me go to Google real quick. Um, okay. Then we have Nick and Jordan. Well, no, sorry. We have Nick, Alex, Amir, and Mariah. Now, Shanice is not here yet. Mariah, um, okay. Something about Mariah. It don't curl all the way over. Also, she I googled kinda it. mean. I Googled and, it and they do do playmates, but it's digital now. Continue. Yeah, it's digital. She well, might have been the last. last. She might have been the last playmate in a physical copy. Then I need that distinction. Yeah. Cause I was like, Playboy is still going. It's just purely digital now like most okay. magazines okay mariah is a filmmaker and i don't know she's kind of mean i didn't get that i get some I'm, I'm giving her i'm gonna give her another opportunity but what i can tell you is i do not like these men i first of all <laughs> um well is it amir is that the one that's half lebanese and half black Mm-hmm, that's on his black adventure field trip. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah, that's, black yeah. adventure. Shout out. Black adventure. Text it to me, Jeremy. So I'm gonna let since Adrian, since you recommended it, I'm gonna let you guide us through this real through this one because I do I am enjoying it. And it seems well, like they're gonna be doing a lot of arguing. It's gonna be a lot of mess, especially because Jasmine is a my man, my man, my man, my man ass bitch. And Woo. I go ahead. I'm ready. Okay, well, thank you for giving me a good setup for all the people that are involved um, with this. So, as you've already stated, Jasmine and Silas are are newlyweds, and they are hosting this weekend uh, for their friends. Um, so, people start arriving, and Bria arrives with what she calls her emotional support dog. Which, to me, at that point, you could see that Jasmine wasn't comfortable and she should have addressed it right then. But she doesn't. And we'll circle back to what happens because she doesn't address it right then. Um, So Bria has a white boyfriend in Germany. Uh, 
that she has been living with. Jasmine seems to be trying to like set everybody up, which is really weird. But once we got deeper into the episode, I've, I think I might have, I may have figured things out with Jasmine. Uh, but she's really weird about trying to say, oh, are you here? We're going to have these nice gentlemen here. And what I think it is, is Jasmine was a city girl before she got married to Silas. And for mm. whatever reason, she doesn't. She she has all these to me these judgments. She's trying to cover up the fact that she was a city girl, and her and Jordan used to be in them streets, getting in, getting lit, and she's willing to allow Silas to throw Jordan under the bus to cover up her shit because city girls of a feather stick together. Not just that; it's like she wants everybody coupled up so she doesn't have to miss being single i don't think she's i don't think she's completely comfortable with being a wife yet now i don't, I won't say that means she's not happy or anything but i don't think she's comfortable and that's why she's trying to get all of her single friends kind of cupcaking on this trip so that there aren't these single functions that happen so if they go out everybody's still kind of coupled up so it's not us being at this club with these single people and now I'm the married woman and I don't really know how to act as the married woman in the club with my single friends and my husband's there. But if we're all kind of caked up, then we're all going to kind of act the same in the club. And I think that's what she's trying to do. I um, And if she is what it looks like when you let patriarchy tell you what your marriage should look like, because and she feels like now that she's married, there's this whole other standard of how she should behave and what she should be doing and how she should be doing it because she's a married woman now. She has mm -hmm. not acknowledged the fact that as a married woman, she can still have a social life. Now, does it need to be three, four in the morning? Absolutely not. But can she go out with her single friends and have fun? Yeah, she can. But patriarchy says you can't do that. Now that you're a married woman, you only need to be with, around other women who are coupled or married. And that is whooping her ass real bad. I mean, but she picked who she picked to marry. You True. picked a you picked a patriarchal man to marry. Like you can just see that from Silas. He has very strict ideas of how a wife is supposed to conduct herself. And I I would venture out to say she put a lot, she put a lot on Jordan that wasn't on Jordan to maintain her. I'm a, I'm still a good candidate to be your wife to Silas because you're telling him, oh, I we went out and we got so many free drinks. You know the man that you are with, and he's gonna interpret that as, oh, dudes were just buying them drinks. And yeah. then Jordan has to say, no, half the events we went to, it was free drinks, so we were just getting free drinks. So I think Jasmine has a tendency to over exaggerate her life to make it more entertaining than it maybe actually is. And so she does little wordplay things like that. Oh, we got so many free drinks, leaving out the part that free drinks were served to everybody at this event. Yeah. Oh, every time we come to uh, Martha's Vineyard, chick, you've been twice. Like this isn't, it's, it's on or not enter is the best way I can say it. Yeah. But then other than that, Amir has a crush on Jordan. Um, I didn't like Amir. I didn't like the meeting with Amir and the guys where it's like kind of them, him trying to get them to call dibs on somebody. 
It's given, don't, don't get a lot of pussy. Yeah. It definitely is. I mean, it's, he gave the story that he kind of grew into his looks because his mama would his mama would cut his hair. Was cutting so his he, hair in the shower with a butter knife. Yes. He didn't say a butter knife, but I just added that in. True. He's giving very much. I didn't get my. I, I got my biracial swag after I got older <laughs> and got <laughs> black barber. Biracial barber. He had to grow into his niggerdom. Right. <laughs> I, and that's what I think that's what it is, especially when it's like, well, my dad I didn't have contact with my dad's side of the family, didn't really have any interactions with, with niggas. black people. It was just this whiteness. So, I mean, just imagine that. Mm. So I think I really don't think he came into his swag until like probably after leaving the house, probably going to college. Somebody what? see something. Oh, you should do a nice little haircut and this. And now he's feeling his stuff, but he definitely gives new to pussy. That boy, yeah. that boy was up here using X. Yes. In the hot tub, when they were like, "I dare you to kiss a woman you find attractive," I found that to be extremely problematic. I'm so sorry. Not Any only was form it... of intimacy should be consensual. Not only was it problematic. I'm not going to lie. A lot of this, I mean, we talked about it in the pregame and this a lot. Looking at a lot of this shit was just embarrassing because I'm like, y'all are grown ass niggas. Yeah, it was very juvenile. Mm -hmm. It was very like, what are juvenile. We doing? Like, very. Um, like so we, that was that was weird. We all grown. What is we doing? Yeah. That uh, I, do, I do feel like if you are going to bring an animal, em emotional support or not, you have a super duper responsibility to clean up behind that animal. I'm so sorry. Like, Let's start at the beginning. You're supposed to let, if you're in a house with that many people, you're supposed to let your host know that, hey, I need to bring an emotional support animal because you don't know how everybody feel about dogs. People could be allergic, all type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So to just pop up with your animal and especially with you coming from Germany, you've now put us in the, well, we kind of just have to accept this or you might not be here. But yeah. Jasmine should have established boundaries like, oh, hey, girl, you know, I really wish you would have told me. I don't know how everybody's going to feel about this. What is your plan? What is your plan for this dog? Where's where's the dog going to be at? What have you brought? Like, you should have been establishing those boundaries then. You know, we're going to keep, okay, let's keep the dog out of the pool, the hot tub, you know, off of the furniture that's not, if, if it's furniture in your room, Hey, that's cool, but out of the community furniture, you know, let's try to keep the dog off of that. Any messes, of course, you know, I need you to clean those up and did that right then. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I enjoyed the dinner thing and I'm glad Jordan clocked Jasmine. Stop mm -hmm. trying to force conversations. We are fucking adults. Like, just let the conversation flow naturally. I don't like people who try to force a moment. And that's what that's just what she was doing. She's trying to force a moment. She's trying to force people to pair off and be with each other. It's just like uh, I, something about Jasmine. I'm just not I just I don't, don't like her fairly like because I don't like the I mean, they frame it as a cute little story with her and Mariah. I believe it was. But if you tell me, hey, you should come out to New York. And I come out there and you're getting evicted and you knew you were getting evicted before I got there. We have a problem. Yeah, I don't know if that would have been the start of a cute little friendship for me. Like nothing yeah. about I, that seemed cute. I didn't even know that they like that was like a legit like TV show slash story. And 
Like, I don't know why they tried to sell it as endearing. That sounds like manipulative and abusive if, if, in my personal opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Right, because I'm trying to figure out the timeline because Mariah is the... Mariah has a child that's like seven. And it's if the timeline that I have in my head is right, this would have been her like leaving her child to come to New York to make something pop. Right. And that's the circumstance. If that's the right timeline, it might not be the right timeline, but it like that's even worse. But don't don't have me come and then we're living in my car. So you had so what was your plan if I didn't come? Exactly. It's striking me as I come from a place where I probably poo-pooed people that have stayed there or returned there because I'm big city living in New York and now I'm too, I have too much pride to come home and start again. So I'd rather involve somebody else in this mess. Exactly. So I didn't like it. But I did a point, I did like Preston's pushback on the black excellence thing. Because I have a sim, I have a similar pushback because black excellence, how I've been seeing it, is framed through a capitalistic lens. They're black excellence because they, because they've become a millionaire or billionaire or these things. Like that's not black excellence to me. Agreed. And it's, so I, I really enjoyed that he gave that gave that pushback to that, and that they were open to hearing his pushback to it. Yeah. It was refreshing because, like, you really don't see that, especially with, like you said, how black excellence is used and pushed today. Like, you really don't hear, like, the opposite. And if you do, people just brush it off as hating. So it was good to, like, like you said, that they were open to him. Like, hey, maybe we want to, you know, think about this a little bit because it's giving cream. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will say it is messy. And I feel like it's the kind of messy where it's, like they not gonna be hopefully they not gonna be physically fighting but they definitely they definitely throwing down with the snark and the nastiness question that scene with jasmine preston and bria with bria on the couch and jasmine comes in and starts talking about bria do you think she really didn't see her no okay okay i thought it was just me i'm like she saw that girl she just <laughs> and she, I feel like she backed down after Bria was like, "Cause I slapped the shit out you. Yeah, you you can you you could get a heat check on the motherfucker how bold and brazen they are when you let that sentence fly. Cause one of two things gonna happen: they whole they whole attitude gonna change for the better, or they gonna be like, "You gonna slap the shit out of who? Yep. Those the only two responses to that: you gonna slap the shit out of who, or." It's not even that serious. I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And My bad, so, big dog. My bad. Jasmine is definitely um, it's not even uh, it's not even that serious type of bitch. She got all mm-hmm. the mouth, but no, no hands to really support it. I mean, we saw that in that moment because her her whole mood like shifted once Bria addressed it. And that's why I'm like, I think she saw her, but she she wanted to see, okay, now what is she gonna do if I'm sitting here? Is she gonna say something or what? Yeah, agreed. She might not want to mess with Bria. I actually think this is a great addition to the Patreon. Um, I'm glad we added it because, like I said, you never really know with Bravo shows yeah. what you'll get outside of the housewife stuff. But I, I was pleasantly surprised, and yeah. I, I certainly um, want to carry it through. Because I feel like the honestly, I feel, I feel like the mess is authentic. Yeah, I do. I definitely it is because everybody everybody knows each other in some way. 
everybody's not best friends, but everybody knows each other and has relationships. Yeah. I yep. agree. Mm-hmm. Put a ring on it. Okay. Ooh. I'm not going to lie. I do like Jaysha and Joya. I do too. And I'm really glad that they had a breakthrough in their relationship mm-hmm. as a couple. Um, Because I do agree that when couples have issues, it's more of a, it's you, you, you versus it's us, us, us. And sometimes it could really just be one person creating all the chaos. But in their situation, I do think it was a them like managing expectations and things like that and how Mm -hmm. they were communicating about those expectations. And so I absolutely feel like they had a breakthrough, especially because I'm going to be honest, I did not expect to see Jaysha crying, but I really think him enjoy it. I think she realized that, and he said it, language and words and how you frame things, it really does matter. Because there is a difference in you never do versus you don't do do this enough. Like that, when you do this thing, I really like it. And I would like for you to do more of it versus you never do this. You never do that. You don't do this. Like that kind of stuff could take a toll. And I'm glad that he had to see her going out with somebody who was really applying some fucking pressure. Mm-hmm. And the chemistry was really there because he started shaking in his boots at that last guy she dated yeah the flamingo nigga but i'm gonna be honest that was the ugliest fucking but like i know it's the thought that counts but nigga don't paint me no new york yankee symbol with no fucking flamingo it's just it was cute it was just smack dab in the middle of the canvas just but that was the pressure and i'm glad he saw that this woman can move on and she gonna have me knocking at her fucking door ready to play ball so i like the mood he said i like the conversation that they had with each other mm-hmm. and I, I i hope that they do continue forward i do too i do as well i do as well um, i don't i know the i know the doctor kind of she meant well when she was telling joya about you know kind of going more with the flow and everything but joya did have some she has some valid concerns about the older she gets before getting pregnant right she had valid she had valid concerns i know she had a very i mean the stuff as far as well i want the baby before my son is 15 so he has chance to buy like all of that was a little much and apply to what the doctor was saying but those health concerns are real and so i hope with her going with the flow she doesn't go with the flow to the detriment in that area yeah i i i could um I'm going to be honest here. Joy and Jace are the only couple that I do see it for. I um I don't see it for Zay and Jasmine. And it's probably because of Jasmine. Okay. I don't think she has taken a lot of accountability in how she moves in that relationship. And I can imagine, like, I'm coming from a place where I never had a president accounted for a father. So I can, I can imagine and understand her wanting her father to part of that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Jasmine wants the wedding and the marriage. She does not care how she gets there. Mm-hmm. And that is a lot of people's problem. They want the beautiful wedding. They, they want to be able to say they're married. But like Zay said, what issues are we taking into this marriage? And he has acknowledged his role 
in their issues far more than she has acknowledged her being controlling and being jealous. Even the guy she went on a date with all but called her controlling when he was like, so you have a business, you have employees you can count on, but you basically micromanage them and don't allow them to do the job that you're paying them to do because you are wanting to do everything yourself. And then complain about not having time. So like, I don't feel like she's fully acknowledged that she has control issues in multiple aspects of her life, not just her, her relationship with Zay. In general, she has to control everything. Her mama said it. Her man said it. This nigga that she been on a couple dates with said it. There's got, it's some truth to it. And she doesn't seem like she wants to do the self-work. She wants Zay to fix his shit, but I don't really see her doing much to reciprocate it, honestly. No, I think you're right. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, where I I am with that. I also think a part of her is always going to have like a resentment towards him because it's kind of like Ashley and Hollywood from the first season because they had a similar situation where they had gotten engaged they were going to get married they called it off and then her father died yeah so I can see her still kind I don't think I don't think she's really ever going to get over that that resentment that you and then what was on his mind you call all the people important to her you bring out a ring for a promise ring about yeah i would have I, I caused a scene in that establishment i i really would have i would have caused a scene in that establishment don't don't do that because it you know it would have been some hateration and holleration in that dancery for sure you know because you know what you're doing when you do something like that yeah you, you you just do. And I think he plays too much sometimes. I really do. Yeah, I do too. But a couple that I that I I am willing to bet my paycheck will not be leaving this together is Catherine it's and Catherine. Ricky. First of all, why did they how old is Ricky? I don't know. Because don't why know. did they set him up with that 40 plus year old woman? And she started mothering him. <laughs> I mean, what else do you do with <laughs> like first of all, Ricky ain't ain't had a haircut or trim up, or shape up, or his beard trimmed or moisturized since he's been on this fucking show. And that's a sin and a shame. That boy is woolly. It's a sin and a goddamn shame. And now, Mm. also, Marcus is applying pressure. And when Catherine started crying at the end of the episode, I think it's because she don't want to be with Ricky. Now, do I think Marcus is coming on strong and running a little game? Yeah, I do. But at the same time, let him fill your gaps. Let baby. him, yeah, absolutely. Play the game how it's supposed to be played. Just get your own stuff. That's my own thing. Like have I don't your have own. A, don't. Yeah, go ahead. I know where you're going. We on the same yeah. page. Too. Get you, have your own. Get you a little studio there in Atlanta. Maybe in Atlanta suburbs. I hear the how. I hear the prices in it are high. So get in where you can fit in out there. Get into some therapy and date him, but don't. I, what I don't want to see her do is just jump from a relationship with Ricky to a relationship with Marcus. Cause I don't think, I don't think it's going to be, um, it's going to be much better. I think it'll be different problems in the same situation. Cause I think there are things that she needs to process and work on and heal from. I agree. Absolutely. Um, I just, I don't like them together and I'll be honest, like, I'm not going to say Ricky is a bad guy. But Marcus was making Marcus was making some valid points. It is very hard to pour into somebody when one you can't even pour into your 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 obligations. Like you you are stretched thin being a father. Mm. You are stretched thin taking care of yourself 
So no, you don't have it to give to Catherine. And I feel like if he wasn't stretched so thin, he would absolutely be a better partner for her, but he doesn't have it to give. You can't give what you don't have. He doesn't have it. And she used to have it, but she subsequently uprooted her life to be with this man. And now, you know, she is there isolated. Jasmine, I mean, Catherine, baby, go home where you have support, where you have family. Reestablish yourself with that support system because Ricky is not in a space where he could help you figure out how to have your own as well. He's only worried about what you can do for him and how you can help ease his load and his burdens. And to me, that is, it's not compromise, it's sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You're sacrificing. Compromise would mean that you both are meeting in the middle and figure out, figuring out what's both for both, uh, best for both of y'all. That's not happening. You're doing all the sacrificing. You're making all the concessions. And in turn, he's turning around and saying, she's smothering me. Yep. When you doing all of that, and the motherfucker still don't appreciate you, it's time to go, go, baby, go where the help is at. Go where the love is at. Go where the Marcus is at. Because one thing about it, Marcus might look like a little nematode in the eyes, but that beard is moisturized <laughs> and full and luscious and luxurious. A nematode is wild. You're not wrong, but that is wild. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all really gonna hate me because I don't even know what the fuck a nematode actually look like. I just I just pulled some shit out, the, <laughs> out my purse. I just went in my purse and said, this seemed like a cool insult. And a, a Nima nigga, if you will. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here all week. <laughs> oh my but but I'm looking for I feel like we're in the home stretch. It might be like two episodes left, and we're gonna see who puts a ring on it and who moves about. But Catherine started doing that crying and she said, I know who I want to be with. And I hope it's not Ricky. That's all I got to say. Even if it's not Marcus, I hope she choose herself. I would take that. That'd be cute. Uh, yeah, I would like that. Okay. okay. <laughs> Fucking, I know we said Zeus should be handled for their crimes against humanity. However, Bad Boys Texas. <laughs> the mess. Uh, Zeus, they will pay for their crimes one day. They but today will they, they, pay they. for their crimes against humanity, but it won't be today. Because let me tell you something. I want to get this one um, positive criticism out the way. The straight men that they have on for Texas are light years better than the motherfuckers they had on for Bad Boys LA. Right. I am so glad to see straight men not fixated on the sexuality of gay men and what they like in the bedroom. These the niggas they should have had on last. On the These other the niggas they should have had on. These niggas have not said one word about these men being gay because you know what? They knew what the fuck they signed up for when they signed up for it. So the straight men are Prince and Mo City, correct? Um, Mo City is straight. Prince is straight. Orlando Brown is straight. Oh, um, I did forget him. Um, those are the only people I'm certain of. So that's the only people I'm. I'm leaving everybody else where they at. I don't know. I've I've never heard about Rasby messing with men outside of that situation with Chris Stokes. And that is a whole nother conversation. And it was not consensual because he was a minor. But other than that, I've never seen anything alluding to Rasby being homosexual. I will agree with you there. So those four, I basically. So from the information say, that we have, though, it's four. It's four. Okay. Okay. Is Big Lou gay? 
I'm not sure. I'm not, know. Know. Well, I'm not sure, but he be that. He know how to whoop an ass. Yeah. <laughs> he he can't be really up. I mean, who can? But he beat up that. <laughs> he beat up that little nigga that looked like a uh, little Uzi Vert. They had a little run. That I what took it over the top was that I don't know how he knew to jump and punch when he did, but that kind of took it over the top. That was the one where it was like, yeah, Banga, I think you should sit out for Banga, a little while. Yeah, recuperate. Everybody for a tried while. to channel him. Everybody was like, bro, just relax. Please. But I will say it's hypocritical for you to beat banga up because he had a comment about the fight between chef d and anthony when you are essentially beating him up you're inserting yourself into something that was between those two to fight yes so it's a little hypocritical but i mean it is like it is what it is chef d, you are an embarrassment to chicago what i do want to say real quick is for y'all to be bad boys and talk that bad boy shit y'all sure do have a lot of rules for fighting where i'm from Ain't gonna be all that rule making and talking and shit. If I and I'm not even trying to be funny, but if you get if a nigga whoop your ass because you violated him, and I walk up and you and you didn't violated me, I'm gonna get I'm gonna whoop your ass too, and ain't nobody gonna stop me. If somebody want to stop me, they just gonna have to try to whoop my ass too, and it's just gonna be a whoop ass round table. And I can but, I can agree with that, but then just stand in what you did. Don't try to paint it as something else. Like when somebody yeah. say something like, "Yeah, I had beef. I saw my opportunity and I took it." You can feel how you want to feel. That's it. I, Don't I, keep trying to say you didn't jump him because you absolutely jumped in while he was already getting beat the fuck up. The same thing you did to Banga when you started hitting him when his back was turning. He was fighting Lou. Like, yeah, that's your that's your mo. We've seen it happen twice. <laughs> now, what I will say is he definitely whooped up on Anthony. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. my problem with Bang is, and I'm not even trying to be funny, going against going against the grain for non-black who think they black and are always in black folks' business, find you something else to do. My Anthony issue was messy. he was dragging it. He Anthony dragged is, it. Yeah, Anthony is messy, and Anthony been messy since last season when he ran off the show. Because didn't Anthony run off the show last season, too, at some point? Yep. Oh, okay. I must have missed them parts. Yep. Anthony left at some point on Bad Boys LA. He left the house at some point. Yeah, he Because did. I feel like it was between, it was him and Christopher Milan going at it. Yep. Okay. Because he, 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 he felt... He he felt threatened by Milan, which imagine being threatened by Milan. He sure did. That's what he. Yep. 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 Talking about he feared for his life around yeah, Christopher exactly. Milan. Exactly. Yep. He left then, and he's a coward and he's a bitch. And again, much like what we said with Chef D, stand up in the shit you do. You gave your friends the gate code to get inside the gate. Yeah. Why oh, they must stand have followed. In there? Talking about they must have followed. How they got in the gate then? Dang. A coward. A coward. And while I do feel like Jonathan is dragging it a little bit, a little bit, because again, I'm with Anthony. Shit, I'm going to tax you extra now. Oh, you don't fuck with my friend. My friend don't fuck with you. But uh, we'll take your money and spend it. We wouldn't be having this conversation if Anthony would have just broke uh, Jonathan off a few dollars from that money. Mm-hmm. This would be a totally different conversation. Like, bro, I taxed that whole ass nigga. He wanted a section. I taxed his ass. Here go your cut. Here go your running in a nigga pocket cut. Jonathan really should try to get into the MMA world because that motherfucker can fight. That motherfucker slinging wigs when he could be slinging arms, legs, hands, and 
Yeah. That nigga can fight, man. Relly ass can fight too. Because yeah. Relly, Relly gave Big Lou two uppercuts. Mink, mink. <laughs> I like Relly. I like I love Relly. Relly. I, I love Relly. And what I love about Relly is I think people expected something totally different when where the money reside went viral. And mm-hmm. Relly said, No, I'm I'm a hood bitch. What's up? <laughs> No, I ain't no. Then, I'm not no good. I'm not. I'm not no. I'm not no um respectability black. I'm a nigga, mm-mm, nigga. Mm-mm. Cause he'll fight you. Y'all talk about it, and he done. And it's for real. He done. It's not no. I'll say we done, and then when I catch you slipping, fight you again. Once he say it's done, it's done. And usually all he need is a few rounds of a fight, and then he done with it. Yep, that's it. Orlando Brown is the comedic relief we didn't know we need because what first of all I I really am glad to see Orlando Brown so far staying out of the ruckus I don't feel like we really need to see him fight because we know in real life that this nigga is thrown off but he's also extremely funny and Mm -hmm. I think that comedic relief breaks up some of the monotony of that fighting because we ain't really had that last on Bad Boys LA. Them niggas was just fighting every episode for 45 minutes. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't no comedy. I mean, the best we had was real, but hell, real was cracking jokes while also fighting. <laughs> 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 like, like remember kind of like the first episode when he fought... Yes. Uh, when he, he fought, fought them white boys, he yes. fought them white boys. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so I'm gonna fight both of y'all till y'all fight each other. Yeah. That's what I knew. Well, no, he, he, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fight both of y'all because y'all can't fight and <laughs> y'all getting on my nerves. Like I, I, so I enjoy what Orlando Brown is bringing to the show, and I'm not mad at Raz B. And what Ooh. I think Raz B brings to the show is that he is a real life celebrity. Him and Orlando mm-hmm. Brown are the most successful people on this show, even more successful than Natalie Nunn herself. They are true celebrities. And so you can see that they don't want to engage in the bullshit. But Raz B, like, I take my hat off to Raz B because I would have whooped Banga's ass too. Because, yeah. bro, you just running around talking about till I get my lick back. You lost fair and square. Yeah, you did. You lost fair and square. Big Lou, knock your perm sideways. <laughs> oh, I put something in my back. Oh, he, 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 he slapped, he slapped Banga perm off his motherfucking head. <laughs> when we see Banga in the confessionals now, he got a fucking fade. Oh, Lord. Instead of get your lit back, get your perm back. Hello? Get your relaxer back. <laughs> oh, Lord. Get Just your kit for back. me. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully he'll stop dragging it because I didn't have a problem with his initial hey having the conversation, but to keep bringing it up, we know where you saying. Okay, that's good. we get it, and ain't shit you could do about it. That's my thing. When you ain't shit you could do about it, you tried to play the um who ass I could whoop nobody's who gonna whoop my ass about it. Big Lou, big Big Lou, listen, that was some shit out of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> Goku. That was some shit out of anime. I thought this motherfucker was had turned into it, man. What it was definitely giving me martial arts special. And the thing was, again, much like Relly, after the shit was done, Big Lou was over it. He was like, all right, bro, I didn't knock your sh- I didn't. I didn't knock your relaxer sideways. I didn't donkey punched you. What more can we do here? Can we just fucking let it go? 
Let it go. And this nigga banger in the cut talk about this a perfect time to go get my lick back, but I'll wait till we get to the house. And do what, baby? Get beat up again? Well, if the preview is anything, I don't think he get beat up again. I'm just saying, like, I mean, but even still, what's the score? It's going to be, I mean, what, two to one? That's the thing. With a fight, once somebody fights you and beat your ass, like, it don't matter what you do after that because it's always going to be that first thing. That's especially just like in a fight, when, you got to swing first. You got to hit first. Especially when a motherfucker open hand slapped you and knocked your perm sideways. He slapped you like a pimp with no powder. Like, it was bad. It, it, it was, was it was, it was, it was. You it remember was that episode of uh, a Boondocks where Cat Williams played the pimp and he yes. slapped a uh, granddad girl? That's that's what it reminded me of. It's, and and also shout out to Mo City JB because or Mohead JB whatever. First of all, that motherfucker was moving so quickly. Uh, Anthony friends talk about who he. <laughs> he laid hands on the motherfucker so quick they didn't even know who hit him. That's how you're supposed to be. You're not supposed to do a lot of talking, all that. He came up. And I agree. And when Anthony, I will say the only thing that's rubbing me the wrong way about Relly is if Jonathan is your friend and Anthony was somebody you cool with, why are you doing all this coddling of Anthony when Anthony is fucking wrong? Anthony gave motherfuckers the code to that gate and those motherfuckers could have came up there and harmed everybody in that fucking house. And you talk about I've I've had to help him out. I had to get him out through the back door and this, that, and crying and shit. Anthony should have walked through that, walked out that house through the front door like a fucking man since he uh doing the shit he doing. Stand up in that shit. And in I fairness, do agree. They wouldn't let him walk out. In yeah. fairness, they wouldn't let him walk out front. And I just feel like Jonathan is right. Why are you going so hard for Anthony? If Jonathan is your actual friend. Because Anthony probably got more money opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not gonna. I'm so I'm gonna play this situation as neutrally as possible, so that I can preserve this business relationship over here and maintain my relationship with you over here. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know when I'm gonna fall out with you and might need to make money over here. Like. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. What, literally, where the money resides. Where the money resides. Right. Like. None of these people are like day one. So the level of loyalty, he to me, he playing it how he should be. Because I don't know both of y'all some flip flopping ass bitches in my mind. So I don't know when one. I don't know when y'all gonna flip on me. So if I can maintain a relationship without being fake or phony, because he to me he hasn't been fake or phony about the situation. If I can maintain both of these relationships and get money with both of y'all, that's what it's gonna be. Period. Okay. Before we go, Derek and Monique have been fighting across social media, getting on everybody's fucking nerves. There have been allegations of domestic abuse, domestic violence thrown at one another. Text messages and screenshots have been released. Derek has released a video of Monique choking him out and slapping him in the face and all kind of shit. And what I want to say is this is what we mean by doing anything to, to keep that 15 minutes of fame. Because you two motherfuckers don't like each other. And we called it. We called it. We said it. I said, like, they are in this trying to get money together. They don't like each other. He for sure don't like her. And let me say this. I believe at one point, Derek wanted really badly to be attracted to Monique because she had been good to him while he was in jail. I agree with that. 
But once he got out and physically saw her, I do not think Derek was attracted to Monique. But she was a means to a check. And for her, she knew he was not attracted to her. She knew he didn't really see her like that after he got out of jail. But she had spent so much money on him while he was locked up. While he was locked up, again, he was a means to a check. But the chemistry and all that shit, it's been off forever. There's no way you could say you love somebody and with days of them leaving to go home, you cheat on them with a double digit number of women and unprotected. They are both abusive in my opinion. They are both toxic. I believe they have both put their hands on each other. I believe she has lied to protect him because he is on parole. And if there was even a suspicion he was over there putting his hands on her, his ass would be locked back up. And I also believe she didn't tell because she puts her hands on him. And we saw it in the video. I've never in my life, well, I'm too little to do it, but if I even still, I've never in my life choked Mike up against the wall and slapped him in the face on some grown up shit. But on some fighting abuse shit, I've never done no shit like that. That's a form of abuse. If you are putting your hands on your partners in a violent capacity, you're an abuser. And that goes for Monique ass too. You're an abuser. He's an abuser. Y'all are toxic. And y'all are willing to do anything to get a check and it shows. And now the shit backfiring. Just fucking weirdos all the way around doing interviews, doing IG live. Y'all doing everything but getting some fucking help. Derek talking about he wished Monique would focus on her, her high blood pressures and diabetes and leave him alone. She talking about he a perkhead and he an he a addict and he a drug this and drug that. But but y'all was but y'all was acting like y'all was engaged. The truth always come out in situations like these. I'm gonna be honest. You can always tell when the shit not authentic, and we have been called that. Yeah, but I tell you see what, the, a motherfucker the, this... that's 4'11 is not gonna be beating on me. This a big body Benz, baby. You can get hit. I mean, I'm surprised that <laughs> you can't go ahead. <laughs> huh? What'd you say? I mean, I'm surprised his hits don't just bounce off her anyway, considering. I mean, like, like what kind like like she ain't got no kind of built-in shock absorption. Like, I'm just saying some things ain't adding up is all. All right. That's enough, everybody. Thank speaking you. of abuse, no, speaking of abusers, I do not believe that Jonathan Majors, do not try this rebrand with us, bro. You don't like, your black pattern women. is to be with, your pattern is to be with white women. Don't pop up with a black one now. So I'm hoping all of that news is just fake. Because if not, I would be very disappointed in making good. I, I think what? it's fake. This is this is his PR to trying to rebrand. She, she married a pastor with, with some respectability politics bullshit, so... That, and that's why I'm like, ooh. When I saw it, I'm like, this can't be real. But I mean, you you never know. But I his PR firm shut it down. Y'all are playing from a playbook that doesn't work anymore. You can't just smear the victim because we know that trick. We've watched Scandal. So we know when a situation is being handled. Yeah. Mm -mm. Y'all trying to get Black women back on his side. By pitting him being with this black woman now to him previously being with a white woman, and it ain't gonna work. Yeah, that's true. well. With that said, we are out of here. Happy Mother's Day. Have a great week. Mind your business and be drink in. your water. Drink your water. Don't be dumb on the internet. Oil scout. Wear deodorant with aluminum and be out here musty. Don't be wearing no damn axe. Oh, you yeah. need you need some tussy. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, y'all.
<laughs> Don't wash your kids with baby wipes. Oh, God. Oh, that's enough. Goodbye. We out of here. <laughs>